What's happening and welcome to another Crossroads Connect podcast. Here we discuss everything from current Crossroad events to trending topics to how we can reconcile God's truth with the real world we live in. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Pastor Jared. I'm sitting here once again with Pastor Matt and the meanderings of two pastors as we uh, ignorantly walk through life together. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, but we're we're having a good time uh, uh, just talking about different things with uh, all kinds of different activities that are going on in, in the world around us today. Um, if you stick around with us, we're going to talk a little bit about SpaceX and the cool launch that they did a, a, a week or two ago. Uh, I want to talk uh, to you all about... Uh, what is what is happening with reopening Colorado, and and where does the church fall on that? And uh, really, where does uh, where do we start to follow man's law over God's law, and, and where do those two lines intersect? And lastly, we want to talk a little bit about truth, and, and where does where does truth come from? Not spe- specifically biblical truth, but in in the gray areas when we're looking at what the media is spinning or what different news articles are spinning, and we're trying to discern what is actually happening. How do we find that truth? Um, and, and maybe we can uh, talk through that a little bit, uh, Mr. Matt, uh, today. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, chatting with you a little bit. Yeah, me too. Let's and get to it. Let's get to it. Bah, 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 bah. We don't have any little music there. No, we don't. You need to add some theme some music for theme us. Music. Uh, bah, 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 bah. I think that's it. There it uh, is. So, uh, well, let's start with just some SpaceX stuff, man. I, man, as a kid, I either wanted to be an astronomer or I wanted to be an astronaut. And then I realized I can't see. And so I can't do either. Uh, but maybe I could have been an astronomer, but I definitely couldn't be an astronaut. But I always thought that uh, space and outer space and, and launching out there is a cool deal. Did you get to watch the launch the other day? I did. I thought it was super cool. We made our kids watch it, and we thought that was going to be like something special because I, I like you, wanted mm-hmm. to grow up and be a astronaut. And I watched that old uh, movie when we were kids. What was it, Space Camp? Like, did you ever watch Space Camp? Space Camp? Yeah. You never mm-hmm. watched Space Camp? I never oh, watched this, Space Camp. It's this old movie, I don't know, 80s, 90s movie about kids going up into space, and it was super awesome. So, yeah, I totally wanted to be Space an astronaut. Camp. And I can remember, I was in school, in elementary school, when Pause. the Challenger... I need to hear about Space Camp. Space Camp. It's about a bunch of kids who go to Space Camp and end up going into space. That's the... That's the whole movie? That's the whole movie, yeah. No, you I, should check it out. Is it worth a watch still, or is it was it good as I, a kid and it's I not good as an adult? I haven't seen it as an adult, but okay. I would like to. Okay, I'll look it up. Yeah, space Camp. So, yeah, I have, a, I have a friend whose daughter watched Space Camp, and she ended up going to, like, the real-life Space Camp after she watched the movie because she loved it so well, much. Well, that's awesome. And that was just, like, two years ago, so maybe oh. it's still an awesome movie. <laughs> it's got to be. Yeah, so, yeah, but I wanted to be that astronaut, too. I can remember when I was in elementary school, uh, we watched The Challenger and mm-hmm. and it exploding, and that was traumatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and then you just, decided you didn't want to be an astronaut. No, I like you um, have eye issues, so oh, okay. I was taken out early yep. in terms of my astronaut yep. stuff. But anyway, I, we had our kids sit down and watch it, and they were like, "What's the big deal? Like something's getting shot up into the air?" And it's like, "Yeah, wow, we live in a totally different world." Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, I I remember I. Enjoyed not only watching the rocket launch, but I liked being able to see in the cockpit as well. And I'm thinking, man, for such a modern rocket, it sure still is very claustrophobic in there. And I think, is that because they, their hands only reach so far with their suits? Is that the deal? Um, and I thought they would have, like, more window space. 
Yeah. Like, I remember watching Apollo 13, and as they're, like, coming in, and he's, like, looking out the window, and I think, man, I would at least be able to, like, see outside, but maybe that's just not possible. I don't know anything about rockets or what they're allowed to do. No, I don't, but I had some of the same thoughts because I was sitting there looking at it, and I was like, why isn't there shuttles? Like, why are we going back to the pod system? Like, literally, in whatever, two months, when they come back, they're just going to, like, fall into the sea and hope the parachutes work. Yeah. And so, I mean, I guess it's safe. I read a whole bunch about it because I was so interested, like, why are we not using shuttles anymore? Mm -hmm. And apparently that decision's, like, made a long time ago and part of its cost and all that. But, yeah, it was really fascinating mm -hmm. looking on the inside and realizing that these guys are going to be in, like, this small little container for a day. Yeah. And, yeah, it was... That's a Maybe that's another reason I couldn't be an astronaut. I don't know if I can handle it. I mean, they have all their, their screens and stuff, which is kind of fun because I mean, it's like a car, right, and having all your mirrors and stuff like that is all digital. But, yeah, I mean, it's cool. I saw them get in there, and, and it's like one of the few places that it seems like most of the countries of the world get along is at the International Space Station. Right, right. Like nobody's like, nope. Uh, may, I don't know. Maybe there are plans to take over. I'm taking over the International Space Station. Yeah, at least that we don't know about, right? That's fair. It's not like that Netflix show, Space Force. Oh, man. Did you see it? Just a few episodes. Yeah, so I only watched a couple, too. Were you happy or disappointed? Uh, it's different. I think it's more like it's MASH <laughs> than it is The Office. Yeah. I think you see, think of Steve Carell and the, and the guy who made The Office, and you're like, oh, they're back together, and they're going to make a space version of The Office, and I right. don't think it's like that at all. I yeah. think it's more like the old-school MASH. Yeah. It's kind of... I was a little disappointed because I thought it was either I, – I couldn't feel – they're like, is it a drama and is it a comedy? Mm. And it was like they couldn't decide. Yeah. And so they, they tried to go back and forth, but it was more – I don't know. I, we're really bad, though. Christiana and I, like, give up on shows so quickly. And, and then people will come back to us years later and be like, you got to watch this show. And we're like, yeah, we watched the pilot, but yeah. it was terrible. <laughs> and so we moved on. So uh, – it is our goal to try to give shows a little bit more time uh, before we give up on them. So yeah. maybe we'll give it a couple more, but there you I don't go. know. There you go. That's the end of it. That's, <laughs> that's all I got. That's, that's SpaceX. I, I thought it was cool. Um, do you think that we'll ever actually go to Mars? Do you think that's a real thing? It would be wild if we did. Yeah. I'm waiting to go to Pandora. Yeah. That's where I want to go. That's right. That's fair. Yeah, that's where yeah. I want to go. So yeah. I do think that... You know, pretty soon we'll be blasting across the world pretty quickly mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I don't know if we'll ever make it all the way to all the other way to planets. Mars. Yeah. Maybe not in our lifetime. This isn't on my list of things to talk about, but with as big as the galaxy is, does Matt think that there are other life forms, other, other places than on Earth? Yeah, I have no clue. Yeah. I've never met anybody from another planet. That's so true. That's true. It, it's somewhere between, like... Yes, there are other people, or I'm not sure. Yeah. So. And, I mean, I've thought about that not only with the galaxy being so big. Like, could God create creation in different places, and we're just, we don't have the capacity to ever find each other, yeah. right? Because we're just never going to make it there. Or I've thought of, like, multiple, do you remember the old show Sliders from uh -huh. the 90s? No, but I've seen Star Wars. No, it's different than Star Wars. So Sliders is all about... Uh, this guy who f is able to go to other dimensions of the same world. So uh, when he first crosses into this other dimension, uh, instead of green mean go and red mean stop, it's flipped. And so in that possible world, green means stop and red means go. And so he's all confused because everything looks the same, but then the rules are different. And so uh, he has this little machine that allows him to slide into these different dimensions. And what happens is he's with 
a couple other people and then their machine gets broken. And so they get, they're trying to get back home to their original dimension, but they keep getting into mm-hmm. all these different possible worlds. So, but my thought has always been, is it possible for God to have multiple dimensions of, of the like same a multiverse? World? Yeah. Multiverse. Yeah. Exactly. Anytime a movie goes into like multiverse land, like uh-huh. I just like turn it off. Like I can't what? handle it. Yeah. So you didn't like Spider-Man multiverse. Uh, no, because it went into ultimate, yeah, different <laughs> multiverses. In fact, when they made the Marvel Spider-Man, the newest one, uh-huh. and they introduced the multiverse, it was like, man, I love Marvel, and I'm out. Oh, like, man. I can't. It's such I a good movie. Can't go down that road Such anymore. a good movie. But then they did other things with it and made it okay. So, but, yeah. It is I okay. I, I can't, I can't actually think. The art in that movie is great. The music in that movie is great. The story is great. I just like it. There you go. I could, that's one of the ones that my kids want to watch over and over again, and I'm okay with it because there's a lot of movies that I'm not okay with. Yeah. But that one, I'm like, I'm okay with it. Um, so, Matt, uh, shifting complete gears here and going in a couple, I don't know how we, that was quite the rabbit trail. That's if anybody's still listening. That's right. Yeah. If you are still listening, what we want to talk about today is uh, there's uh, like Facebook groups and all different th- uh, things out there talking about reopening Colorado and uh, just the frustration of feeling like, man, uh, everything's been over-politicized. Everything has become uh, about searching for power and, and this fight against, uh, you know, what, what Trump may say versus what local government might say. And the question that I really wanted uh, uh, us to talk about today, obviously we are all feeling this pull. We're all feeling this tension. And the reality is is that all of us are created for community. We want to get together. Uh, we feel like it is our right to get together and assemble and worship God together in community. Um, and so I, I just, I'm trying and wrestling through where is the line from where uh, Paul says to us that we are supposed to follow the authorities because God has put them in place. But when does, when do we decide that uh, the government has crossed the line to where they are now superseding God's law and we are supposed to now rise up in rebellion? Yeah. Yeah, that's a difficult question to answer, I think, you know, because in that verse, that's kind of the verse that is quoted a lot in Romans 13, that we're supposed to be submissive to the government. Mm-hmm. And we all understand a little bit of what that looks like until things start to get a little bit uneasy for us. And certainly in the last three months, things have become uneasy mm-hmm. for people really of faith, any monotheistic the theistic faith, is that the Muslims, the Jewish, Christians, we're all experiencing the same thing. We're gathering is hugely important to us and hugely important to the way that we do our, uh, our acts of worship. And yet we have been totally regulated mm-hmm. uh, in the space of whether we can meet, how big a groups that we can meet, and so on and so forth. And all the regulations of if you do meet, yeah, here's, you need to re- here's all the here's all the stuff that you have to do. Yeah, yeah. And I think that we oftentimes read that verse, but the second verse of Romans chapter thirteen says, "Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed." Mm-hmm. And actually ties the authorities to God's appointing. And when Paul's writing that, he's not writing in a society like we're living in right now. He's living under the rule of Nero, mm-hmm. who was the worst persecutor of the Christian faith in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. And yet he's speaking in such a way that, hey, government has authority over you, and to mm-hmm. rebel against the authorities is to rebel against God himself. And, mm-hmm. and so when do you rise up and face off the government? I think that is a an incredibly 
difficult question, particularly in a country that was born out of rebellion, right? The U.S. was born out of rebellion uh, toward the government. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there were a lot of uh, uh, people and probably believers that were a part of that rebellion. And so I look at it, and I think that kind of the way that I shape it up, at least the conversation that's having been have right now, is our rights, the violations of our rights. Mm -hmm. And while rights are very important to us as Americans, when I read the Bible, uh, time and time again, we put aside you know, our rights for mm -hmm. the good of others. Mm -hmm. And we read passages like Romans chapter 13, where we're to be subject or in submission to the governments. Sure. And so whenever we start talking about our rights as Christians, I get a little bit uneasy in terms of of particularly our rights in America because we have it incredibly good, probably better than any civilization has ever had it. And so when do we rise up? I don't know that I have a, a good answer for that. Mm -hmm. I do think that when I think through church history, one of the things that uh, we notice in church history is that the first church building uh, didn't actually exist until about 233. So 200 years after the death of Christ is when the first church building pops up. That before that, churches didn't meet in big buildings like we meet in today, but mm -hmm. rather they met in small groups, in homes, in the public square, uh, in places where they could uh, bring worship to God in those spaces. And that happened for 200 years. And so uh, this new kind of Western church, I guess I can't say new Western, the way that we practice Western church mm -hmm. in big buildings. And when we can't gather, like this is against our rights and, and we can't gather as the church as God's calling us to. Uh, the reality is that God never really called us to buildings to begin with, sure. that God called us to gather as people uh, wherever we might be. And so I try to put those two things together and go, uh, I guess if the government ever said that we could not meet even in our homes to do worship, then that would be a space of of rebellion, mm -hmm. anything because we're called to meet. Yeah, right. Anything Timothy short says, of that, Timothy says, don't stop meeting. Yeah, Hebrews, right? Like meet is it, together. Is it in Hebrews, Hebrews ten. Yeah, My bad. meet together. Timothy said nothing of the thing. <laughs> yeah, Hebrews don't is believe, stir Timothy. one another up, right? Don't don't right. Uh, neglect meeting with each other. And so I think that uh, that's what our call is, that we're to meet together, whether that's in a big building singing songs with electric guitars. You passed guitars. my test, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's Hebrews, not Timothy. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, Very I was good. just making sure you're paying attention. Very good. Sorry, I, de I derailed your thought there. No, 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 I just, I guess that's where I, maybe that's my answer. Yeah. Um, if you want to start this over, yeah. I can say it more clearly. But uh, no, I think that my answer is, at the end of the day, Christians are called to meet together. Mm -hmm. And if the government was ever put us in a place where we're not allowed to meet, then I think that would be a cause for rebellion. If they take away our buildings uh, or say we can't meet in our buildings, so on and so forth, then what does it look like to be the church without a building? That's an important question that we mm -hmm. need to ask because yeah. it's not doesn't how do seem we too have, How do we have good community? I mean, I think that's a big p part of our faith too, right? We're built for relationships with each other. And so how do we have uh, good uh, community with other believers? How do we uh, serve alongside one another uh, in a way that helps us to be unified and moving forward together um, as a people. Um, I think that those are all important questions for us to be asking, even when we can meet together uh, in our buildings. And I know for me personally, the thing that, that frustrates me the most is really the inconsistencies. Oh, totally. um, that, uh, you know, 
uh, uh, a buddy of mine is driving down I-76 and showing the parking lot to the flea market, and there's just cars and people everywhere. Uh, you have protests happening downtown with thousands of people, and then we're like, hey, we want to get together too and, and worship God together. And they're like, no, you can't, and here's all the reasons why you can't, and here's the guidelines. And, you know, CDC seems to be flipping back and forth about what they – they, their new findings of the virus, and then they make a new law based on those findings, and it's like there's no inconsistency. I, I know that you've told me this story. I'd love to hear if you feel free to, to tell your, your flying to Kentucky story yeah. about the craziness of that. Yeah, three, four weeks ago, we went to Kentucky, and since flights are cheap and I'm not too worried about the coronavirus, uh, we decided we'd jump on a plane and do that. And so yeah, as we were heading to DIA, we ended up in the wrong parking lot because they separated the west and the east parking lot for staff and public. And so we had to navigate our way to the public parking lot, and we parked there, and there's no public stuff happening. So you had to walk like a mile uh, to get our tickets. And the whole way, as we're going through DIA, DIA there's uh, people that are making sure that you're abiding by wearing the mask and following the rules and keeping six feet apart and all of that kind of stuff. And even when you get to the plane and loaded up the plane, they made a big deal that they were loading it from the back to the front so that they could limit, you know, the amount of people passing by each other and all mm -hmm. of that. And, and then we get on the plane and I sit down and I look within my six feet, there's 17 people because the entire plane was packed. Mm -hmm. And I just sat back and I just was like, this is crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you're right. Like, when it comes to the government and what we should do and should not do, like I think we, we need to listen. At the same time, the inconsistencies that's coming in terms of these guidelines mm -hmm. are maddening and they're yeah. frustrating. And you know, I don't understand them mm -hmm. uh, any more than the next person sure. of how you can have a thousand people in Walmart and then in a building about the same size, yeah. we can only have yeah. 50. And so looking at that and trying to understand that there's it doesn't seem like there's any rhyme and reason for it and then you add uh the pictures that we've all seen of the protests mm -hmm. you know and nothing's being broken up when it comes to the protests but if too many people congregate at a restaurant or at a church mm -hmm. uh people are broken up and mm -hmm. made to be murderers on social media right because and so it's uh it's just a fascinating space sure. in which we live and and as we go down this road of really kind of figuring out what does this look like, you know, I don't want us to move so fast that we lose sight of what God's doing. Mm -hmm. Tiffany Dunn, our community group leader here, uh, she had just a really great quote the other day. Uh, we were sitting in a meeting and she said, you know, God, God is in this. Mm -hmm. She goes, this didn't surprise God. In fact, in God's providence, in his sovereignty, God saw it fit to shut every door of every church in this nation on the very same day. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was that was really eye-opening for me, that I can't lose sight of that, yeah. that God wants us to learn something, that God yeah. wants us to see something in this. This isn't by accident. And for us just to, like, hey, we're just going to run down and push down the doors and get back to whatever normal is, mm -hmm. uh, if we move too quick in that, we might lose sight of, of what, what God, God is actually doing and yeah. what God wants from us. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. And I, I just think it's really important, too, for, for people to know that, Every week, uh, you are on a governor call, uh, you know, with other pastors in the area, and that uh, their pastors aren't just standing still either, like rolling over. That they really are fighting back. It's just not in the public eye. Um, that that pastors are are approaching the governor. They're they're questioning the governor. They're they're pushing back and saying, "Hey, 
uh, if they're able to do that there, we should be able to do it here too. And I, I don't think that everybody knows that uh, because it's not something that, uh, you know, uh, everybody is brought into. And so I just think it's important for people to hear that uh, as leaders uh, of Crossroads, as leaders of, of other churches in the area, that uh, they really are, it seems to me that they're linking arms together and they're saying, hey, we're in this together and, and it's important for us to be able to, to have the same rights and availabilities as, as other organizations in our, in, in our state. And so um, I just think that's important for people to hear and to know that um, that's happening. Uh, we're just not broadcasting it out to everybody all the time. And yeah. so... Um, yeah, absolutely. We're doing it in a way that is honorable and peaceful, mm-hmm. respectable, the way that the scriptures teach us to do that, and not doing it in the public square. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I personally have written the governor mm-hmm. with my feelings on being open against not open and the inconsistencies and the frustrations that I'm feeling. I know that uh, many pastors in this area have done the same. We're on those governor calls uh, where we're able to ask questions and seek clarity. And uh, those questions at times have been very pointed and direct, mm-hmm. always respectful, but pointed and direct. And and so we're trying to do it in a way that would honor God and honor the authorities that God has placed over us mm-hmm. and to move this. And there's some movement in that. Uh, there's new guidelines coming out this week. They're, they're a step in the right direction. They're <laughs> not yeah. altogether uh, more freeing, mm-hmm. but it's a step in the right direction. And so we'll continue to, to move down that road and try to get back to some sense of what normal is yeah. uh, for the church. Yeah. And I think that you made a good point that in the meantime, we need to really be paying attention to, to what the Holy Spirit is doing uh, in the midst of all of this, that, that God, it, when our buildings are closed, it's not that God says, okay, everybody pause, but that God is actually at work doing things. Uh, I know that our, our kids camp had the biggest neighboring that we've ever really had in my understanding in a long time here at Crossroads where, where people neighbored so well that uh, our digital reach expanded dramatically during the Kids Camp Live week uh, because so many people were like, hey, I'm going to go talk to my neighbor. I'm going to talk to my dentist. I'm going to talk to all of these people who in a normal setting, we might not have had the courage to do that. And so I just think that that's, that's a, a an incredibly beautiful thing for us to be able to to get the gospel out in, in new avenues that we w- we didn't have before. Yeah, totally. Last well, week, well, we was, had them, we just weren't taking advantage. Right. Of yeah, them. last week was so awesome just to watch kids camp and what happened both digitally and in homes, and just to sit back and just look at our church and the way that our church is moving, and just to be so thankful in that mm-hmm. space. And at the same time, you know, part of the heartburn that I've had during this season is that in the Western Church that we have become so building specific Mm -hmm. that we don't actually know how to be the church outside the four walls of the church. And, uh, and so like, that's just heartbreaking to me that we've forgotten how to be the church in the community Mm -hmm. and we serve and we do those things in the community. But, but when it's, when it's like church directed, we do those things Mm -hmm. and to really just sit back and go, man, like, how do we, how do we start to rethink in such a way that, that we're active in the community as active as we are in the walls. Mm-hmm. And it's not programs. Mm-hmm. Servings are not programs that we do, but we serve because of the love of our right. of our friends and our neighbors and the people that we work with. Yeah, it's always, it's always been confusing to me when people will come to the church asking to do a certain ministry, like it's the church's 
the the organization of a church to give you permission to do what God is calling you to do. And I just think we don't need that permission from the church. If God's asking you to do it, just do it. It's, It's like me coming and saying, hey, Matt, is it okay if I have a Bible study at my house? Yeah. If God's leading you to do it, go. You don't have to ask my permission. Just go talk to your neighbors and have a Bible study at your house. Like, yeah. uh, it, I understand if you say, "Hey, I want to use a space in the building." Can you? Can I get permission to use a space in the building? That makes sense to me. But to to go be the church and be who Jesus asks you to be, I just don't know where down the line it, it's been taught that you have to get the church's permission to do it. Um, just organize it and do it because God's put it on your heart to do it and, and, and see what he does through it. Yeah. I think that when I think of the church scattered, right, you have the church gathered. That's when we meet in community, mm-hmm. whether that's small groups or in buildings or whatever it might be. But then you also have the church scattered and that's the church in the community. And I think God has gifted us and placed passions on each of us and that we have not only the opportunity, but the ability and maybe even the calling from God that when God places something on our hearts, that we run after it. And you don't need the churches, the big C church, crossroads churches permission to go do it. Just mm-hmm. just go love, love yeah. your neighbors, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you have a heart for uh, the police department, love the police department. If you have a heart for schools, figure out a way to serve those schools. Mm-hmm. If you have a heart for uh, the fire departments, figure out how to, to love people in the fire departments, right? And, and you go down whatever it is sector of society and go, man, if God's put a passion in you to love, like, go show them love. I just had a thought. Uh, if you are hungry to serve, my house has so many weeds right now. I will welcome you. Yes. You've just bought a new house. I did. And so you, so your, your weeds are already out of control. They're way out of control. Yeah, that's a, welcome to homeownership. Yeah. And it's so funny, the things that broken, like, the first week that we moved in, like, our oven won't heat over 375. and uh, Low and slow. Low, yeah, that's right. And uh, I, we were walking in through the garage, and, like, the whole door frame fell out. And <laughs> we are like, home ownership. Home on, here we Hallelujah. are. Hallelujah. No, and, uh, and it's just these little things that, honestly, being able to put time and effort into fixing those things, it, it, there's a sense of pride there, right? And, and, yep. and, hey, we own this, and we get to take care of it. But, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with those weeds, man. They're... They're nuts. And then the wind came and our fence blew over. And yeah. <laughs> it's just been like, it. it's, it's man, I love it. I, I really do. It's so, <laughs> it, like, it could be really depressing, but it's not. It, it's it's like, man, this is ours and we get to take care of it and we get to I- I invest time. And Christiana and I both just walk around our house just grinning. Yeah. We're like, what are you so happy about? And it's like, we live here. This is ours. If I want to paint a wall, I can paint a wall. I don't have to get permission. That's so awesome. uh, it's really, really cool. And since you're the host of this podcast, you can unashamedly solicit people to come help That's you. That's right, yeah. If anyone wants to come pull weeds, man, I, I, will, I will give you, <laughs> what will I give you? I'll give you a soda. Soda. I yeah. will give you high f- a, a, a Corona high five. A Corona high five. I might, if you, we're in Weld County, so we might even be able to give you a hug, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the rules are in Weld County. Anyway, uh, with all of this stuff, let, I'm bringing, I'm, I'm, railing us, bringing us back in here. Uh, and the last thing that I really wanted to chat with you about today, Matt, is, is thinking about this idea of truth and how in a crooked society, right? Because sometimes as I watch the news, I feel like I'm watching a Batman movie uh, because you have like this police commissioner like 
yelling with all these police behind him. And you have uh, uh, one story uh, of an, an, this African-American person that is just feeling uh, all of this racist tension in their own life. And then you have another African-American who comes out with a story that says, I don't know what these guys are all talking about. Like, I haven't experienced that ever. And so you have stories on both sides, and everybody just digs their heels in the ground, and they say, no, my way is right, and your way is wrong, and there's, it's all extremely polarized, and I feel like every turn uh, is a salesman trying to sell me and manipulate me into thinking the way that they think, and really what they're selling me isn't even completely true. Uh, it's based on a kernel of truth, and then it's spun in a way to to really run with whatever agenda they're trying to drive. And so that comes through politics, that comes through uh, even good things that start that then other people come and twist it and ruin it. And I'm just, I find myself frustrated sitting at home saying, God, how do I even know what is true? And so if there's anybody else out there that is feeling this way, Matt, what would you say to them? How do we start seeking God? Because it's not black and white. It's not like I can go to John 3, 3, and it's going to tell me how to approach this current situation that I'm in. Uh, it's not going to tell me uh, necessarily what's right and what's wrong. And so what do we do? How do we find what is actually truth? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question, Jared. I think that, you know, where it starts is with wisdom and discernment and to, and with a biblical worldview, right? Like while John 3, 3 might not have the specific Do you know answer, John 3, 3? Not off the top of me my head. Me either. I'd be cool if you did, though. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to really, I was going to give you a cookie. Yeah. So I think that, you know, maybe John 3, 3 doesn't have the specific answer. But as we look to the scriptures, it does give us a worldview, which I think is the importance of, of really being uh, intentional about reading the scriptures and understanding the scriptures and, and really uh, from a perspective of going... God is giving us the way that the world works, that he's, he's given us a worldview in the way that we're to order our lives and to know that and to know that well. And so part of that is wisdom and discernment and to be able to look at the news, specifically mainstream media, uh, with an eye of what is it that they're trying to do? Mm-hmm. And then biblically, how does that match up? And so like when it comes to the mainstream media, uh, whether we're talking newspapers or cable television or whatever it might be, that all of them are in the uh, money-making business, right? And they're catering to a specific audience intentionally. And so that they already are going to have biases, and those biases are intentional so that they can get more clicks, which leads to more advertising dollars, which leads to more money in their pockets, right? And so, so it goes on and on. And so I think that, you know, we can't really... Uh, believe the lie that any news organization is actually fair and balanced, you know? And so... Except the one that says what I say. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So... That one's correct. That one's correct. And so, you know, uh, Fox News caters to the the right side politically and to the conservatives. Uh, MSNBC very much leans far, far left. Uh, CNN is left-leaning, but a little bit more toward the middle left-leaning. Uh, not as far out there as uh, MSNBC. And so uh, you don't really have a true a true middle in this. They're all representing their sides, which is why when I think you turn on the television and you see the same story and you see it portrayed in Fox one way and CNN another way, and you go, well, which one is mm-hmm. it, which one's to believe? Which I think is actually like the way that I consume the news or whatnot is that I check out a couple of different sources in terms of that, of looking and going, 
probably what I'm getting from this one media outlet isn't isn't completely true. Like I understand their bias that this is a left-leaning bias, so they're telling the story with a left slant. Mm -hmm. So what is a, a right-leaning news organization? How are they re reporting the story? And I think if you read a story of interest of, that you can find in two or three places, then you can get a fairly good idea of what the actual story is and the way that mm -hmm. you're moving. I also think that we have to realize and understand that we each have our own biases. You know, that, that I very much look at the world as a 39-year-old white guy with three kids. Mm -hmm. That's the way I view the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's incredibly different than the way my dad, who's 65 years old, right, with grandkids, views the world. We have a very different perspective and very different biases as we come. Your filter is different. Yeah, the filter is different in the way that we view the your world. Your upbringing, your culture, your worldview, yeah. your yeah. everything. Yeah, all of that goes into our own biases. And so when we're watching the news, regardless of where it is on a mainstream or reading Facebook, that oftentimes we're viewing that through our own cultural bias, through our own mm -hmm. uh, personal bias. And I think we have to be really aware of that because we're not fair and balanced in and of ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. That we read a story and we react based on the biases that we have, good or bad, you know, positive, negative, that that's the reality for us. And so there's not anything true. And so that's why I would say we, we go back to the Bible and we, we go, okay, what does, what does wisdom and discernment look like mm -hmm. in this situation? And so when it comes to the racism issue that's kind of exploding around our country right now. I think we have to go to the scriptures and what the scriptures paint for us is that racial equality is really important to God. Mm -hmm. And we have uh, Old Testament verses all over the place. We have, when you get to the New Testament, there's, there's verses that would speak to that there's neither Jew nor Gentile. When Jesus spoke uh, his greatest parable, his greatest well-known story, he was facing the racism of the day when he used the hero of the story is a Samaritan, right? The Jews hated the Samaritans because of race. Um, that you have Jesus speaking to a woman who's a Samaritan at the, at the well. When Jesus had the audacity to say that God loved Gentiles, like the Jews almost killed him. Mm -hmm. And yet all throughout the scriptures, what we see is that there is racial equality in this space. And so as we watch... They the, did kill him. Well, eventually. eventually, yeah. <laughs> Not in that specific right. case, but eventually they did. And so... I think that when we watch the news and we watch, you know, this, the racial tension explode around us, as Christians, we go, where is the racial equality? It's probably not in the far-leaning left, like with Antifa. Mm -hmm. um, it's probably not to the far-leaning right that goes, racism what? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's looking at the biblical worldview and going, there is racial realities all the way back to Babylon, mm -hmm. racial realities and that for Christians, we fight for racial equality. So what does that look like? What would God have me do to bring that? And it's probably not the far left or the far right. Mm -hmm. I think it's funny, though, that people will mock news and be like, ah, the news, they're all liars. They don't ever tell me the truth. But then as soon as they spin a story with something I'm passionate about and they spin it in my direction, I go, yeah, see, they yeah. said it. Yeah, that's your own personal bias coming out, right? right? Is that you're reading the news through your bias. And mm -hmm. so if you if your bias doesn't agree with it, it's mm -hmm. it's garbage. And if your bias does agree with it, then it's right. then it's passion. Yeah. And we've gotten into a society, I think, and this is probably so box for me, but where we have lost the ability to have civil discourse. Mm -hmm. Everything's so polarizing. And Everything's about sometimes too. Yeah, critical thinking's out the door. And so the more inflammatory I can be, uh, the the more noticed I will be. Right. And so it's like a, in, so uh, the, maybe this is a bad comparison, but 
uh, when we are with our family and we it's four adults and 10 kids, our youngest starts just screaming off the top of his lungs because it's the only way that he can be heard. Mm. And uh, there's a, he, he kept saying someone's name over and over again. And I was like, if you don't acknowledge him, he's never going to stop. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I, sometimes it feels that way that even as adults, we feel like, man, if I can scream the loudest, then I can finally be heard. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, yeah, I totally agree with that. And like one of the heartbreaking things on Facebook that I've seen go around from Christians actually is calling our governor, whose last name is Polis, Pontius Polis. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just derogatory. Mm-hmm. It's just mean-spirited. It's polarizing, right? It's not building up the way that the church is called to build up. And, mm-hmm. and because we don't agree, we can't enter into civil discourse, but we, we reach out and we start name-calling. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, we think that's all right, even as believers mm-hmm. in this culture. Yeah. And I think that God calls us to something higher and yeah. to something better in that space. And so uh, the news medias are going to be the news media, and they're going to have their biases, and I'm going to have my biases. But at the end of the day, how do we put those to the, to the side to the degree that we can go, what is the biblical worldview here, and how am I to live? And I think part of the, the media agenda, too, is to push us to that point where we feel Absolutely. like we have to scream because, again, that, that just fuels the fire. Um, and so I think that we get there sometimes, and we can find ourselves in spaces where we're, we're not acting very civil ourselves, um, and it's because we've been pushed so much and we get so tired of it all that we're like, whatever, you're all, it's all stupid, and, and you just start saying whatever you think, and it, and it ends up not being really edifying to the situation or, or trying to help us as a whole move forward. And I think, I always think of Stephen, right? As Stephen is getting stoned, these people are, are literally killing him and murdering him for his faith. He's sitting on his knees praying for him. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and yes, I, I know that Jesus did that on the cross, too. But Jesus is, is, is God. And so sometimes I'm like, well, yeah, Jesus did it, but he's God. But here's a normal guy. Stephen's doing it. And if Stephen can care about the good of the people who are murdering him, surely that that has to be an empowerment of the Holy Spirit within your heart. Right. It, it's not something that comes to us naturally. It's something that is is supernatural that God does within us during those times of trial. And so I think uh, praying for wisdom, certainly uh, the book of in the book of James, it says, if you know, if you need wisdom, ask for it who from God who gives to you freely. Right. And so we can be asking for wisdom. We can be seeking, uh, Lord, help for me to know what's true in this. And what I love, that's where I really love the body, because if you and I are both praying for wisdom and and finding truth, God's not going to share one thing with you and then share an opposite thing with me and then watch us battle it out, right? right? Like, that's not God's desire. And, you know, the, the whole point of, of Jesus being the head is that he's bringing us into unity. And so I think if we're, we're genuinely and authentically seeking that truth and saying, God, I want to know your truth and not what I think is true and not trying to get rid of my bias, trying to get rid of my filter and humbly say, God, I, I genuinely want to know what is true. And as Matt is doing the same thing, we can come together and have a conversation and say, man, and as I'm praying and as I'm reading, this is what I'm seeing and, and I, I really believe that, that God is going to bring us to that place of unity where we're, we're seeing the same thing and, and we're, we're dependent on him and we're dependent on each other. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that when it comes to the civil discourse, you know, that, that we need to be searching out truth and that we need to be able to speak uh, wisely and intelligently 
on the issues that are happening as the church, that the church can't step away from public discourse. But when we enter into it, that we have to do it in a way that's honorable and respectful and worthy of the Lord that we serve. Mm-hmm. And so all of that kind of comes together in terms of not only how do we find truth, but also how do we point the culture mm-hmm. towards truth. Yeah, and I think that that's something that really needs to be uh, demonstrated in the way that we we live it out. I mean, because if we just start screaming at people and saying, hey, you need to be doing this. I mean, that again, that's just adding fuel to the fire. But for us to actually step out and live it out, um, I think is going to speak more volumes um, and, and and be looking at our own sphere of influences. You know, we look at our own families. Uh, we look at our neighborhoods. We look at the people we're interacting with, uh, even those that we're interacting with that don't agree with us. How am I, how am I responding to you? Am I, am I treating you with respect and dignity as, as a person who's been created in the image of God? Or do I think that you're just scum and, and your thoughts are stupid and you need to think my way or else you're an idiot? Uh, I mean, uh, those are two very different ways to approach a conversation. And, and I think that as followers of Jesus, and, and especially as, as leaders in a church, uh, it's really important that we carry and conduct ourselves in a way that's above reproach, that is is a way that, um, you know, live your lives in such a way that no one can find fault with you, mm-hmm. so that when they start casting stones, they feel guilty about it, basically, right? Right. Um, and so um, I, I just think that, man, we have to have a little bit more of a level head in the way that we approach it, um, and, and trust that God is actually in it and that God is actually bigger than it, and that God has the ability to do the impossible in the midst of, of chaos. Yeah, I agree. So, hey, Matt, it's good chatting with you. I like being with you. This is fun. Um, always getting to talk about this stuff. Uh, man, if you guys uh, would like to check us out in, in other social media platforms, we are on Facebook. We are on Instagram, crossroadsabc.com. You can always send in questions. If you have things that you would like Matt and I to address here on this podcast, uh, info at crossroadsabc.com. You can uh, email that and send in questions. Just write podcast in the subject, and uh, we will be sure to, to tackle those things uh, in due time. And uh, man, guys, just know that we're in this thing. Uh, it, we're we're excited to see what Jesus is going to do in the midst of everything that is going on, and to know that He is actively at work building His church, and we get to be a part of that. That's an awesome thing that should be bringing you hope today. So, have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you soon. See you soon.